Hello, everybody, and welcome to this game where with me, Ashley. And me, Chris. Hello, everyone. Hope you're okay. Hope you're okay, Ashley. I'm okay, thank you. We've just been having a lot of fun. We really have. Titting around with ChatGPT. We've just been on a massive adventure involving wolves. Yeah, wolves in space. Monsters. Yeah. I mean, they didn't go to space. Come on. Well, ChatGPT wanted them to go to space. It was quite specific about that. And uh, we kept on saying, really, come on, really bit, wanted them to go to space. Silly. Yeah. Two of the wolves got married and then Cheryl Crow burst into their wedding and admitted that she was in a relationship with one of them. Yeah, it was brilliant. Although got a bit off the rails, as you can tell. Yeah, but it was, it was a bit of castle. It was really fun because it was a text adventure that we were sort of customizing, and it was a text adventure that was wrapped into what we were typing in. It was. It, it, was, it, was, it was. It was fun. Great. It really was great. I wasn't expecting it to have quite as strong a grasp of what a text adventure might mm. look like, so that was quite a surprise and a good one. And fun, fun times. Um, speaking yeah. of fun times, I've got. Fruity cider on the go. And look what else I've got. What is that? It's a bag of little squealers. Hot and spicy port scratchings. Oh, okay. That went out of date a month and a half ago. Does that did that say the chili jam man? The chili jam man is a little winking chili pepper. Looking He's the bit. local chili man, right? I bought some I bought some jam from him. I was this way is mol- back when. This is molten on the back. Yorkshire. Oh, okay. Well, he was at, you know, uh, the old Lincoln Christmas Fair or whatever. Oh, was. yeah. He was there one time, and when we worked together, I bought some of the jam, two different versions of his jam. All right. Made scones Ooh. and brought them in for everybody, and we had chili jam and scones. Do you not remember that? No, I don't. It made that much of an impact on me, I'm afraid. You make the effort for people, and look what happens. Well, it was over a decade ago. Anyway, I found these in the cupboard. They're out of date. And I was thinking about, I need to eat them tonight, really. Well, I don't need to eat them tonight. I need to eat them soon. But um, I thought the idea of eating them on the podcast would be a bit gross. But then I thought, eh. Yeah, I mean, I'll I'll have to cut out all of your nonsense. I'll see how the game goes. There's a thing that I learned about called misophonia. Have you heard of misophonia? Yeah, it's fear of sounds and like sounds that sort of grate on you. Wasn't aware that it was a thing until very recently. Yeah. But we don't want to upset anybody that might have that as an issue for themselves. And one of the big triggers for mesophones, mesophonics, people that suffer from mesophonia, is people eating. Yeah. Which, to be fair, is pretty gross anyway. Well, All right, speak you... for yourself. I'm very well, dainty. You make a fair point, in which case I'll, I'll put the I'll put port scratchings down. Maybe till the half, half-time point and then I'll yeah. eat them. Good anyway, idea. what game are we playing today? I've realised that we forgot to plan our meat fest in a month's time, because it actually is a month's time, so we probably should have done that before we started recording, but... Chat GPT got in the way. Yeah, true. Some things are worth it. Um, This week, I can only apologise, because it's this game where you race against your fellow rodents to see who can be the best biker in the solar system, maybe. Biker-wise from Mars? Yes! Yeah, it is. You yeah, really that's surprised. just on the tip of your tongue. Yeah, yeah. Well, you, you well said, I'm a bit what surprised. Was it? You said bi- biking rodents. I mean, there's not, there's not really many other things it could be. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. I suppose that's true. Yeah, <laughs> it's biker mice from Mars. Do you know? I mean, you're familiar with the, the franchise, as the case is. I sum it up thus. <sighs> 
Yeah, yeah. It's like the Uber nineties. The bike comes from Mars, isn't it? So I'm gonna I'm gonna be a nineties comic now. Uh, hey, do you remember uh, do you remember Teenage Mutant Era Turtles? Yeah, do you remember them? Yeah, yeah, do you remember? And you sound then, uh, more like a seventies. It does. Racist. Yeah, I was, I was I was getting the wrong vibe then, wasn't I? Anyway, the, the yeah. point I was the point I was going to go into was uh, how the yeah, Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles or Ninja Turtles, depending on where you lived, and they were big, and I never really got them mm. as a thing. And then what seemed to be like a good three, four years after they were big, there was suddenly like a second wave of things that were anthropomorphized creatures with chewed who were saving the city. Chewed, that is not chewed. Yeah, apostrophe T-U-D-E. He was saving a city in some way, but also having some time for kicking back on lols at the same time. So you had your biker mice from Mars. There was... um, the Ninja Pizza Cats, remember that? Yeah, I wanted you to say that. Samurai Pizza Cats. That's it was. the one. Samurai, Samurai Pizza Cats. And then yeah. there was the the really um, aggressively macho, the, the shark ones. Do you remember them? I do remember those, but I don't remember their names. I found I found them really intimidating. That's why I've sort sharks. of that's why I've tried to sort of emasculate them. But because I found them so masculine, they 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 were a bit oh, a bit much for called. me. They're all, they're I wish ripped. I could remember what they were called. I I totally remember Bul- those. Bulging yeah. in gym, their shorts. Let's call them gym sharks. The gym sharks. Yeah, gym sharks. Anyway, um, all of Samurai those, Pizza Cats. I vaguely remember being half good, but I don't think mm, it actually was. All of those, I I pile in with Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles as just being completely not like they they just passed me by. They, not they weren't, for me. weren't weren't for me at all, and I I, mm. I didn't didn't like them at all. So uh, that's, a, that's that's a good way to go into this. Yep, I think that's fair enough, and I think that's a good um, a good summation of what Biker Mice from Mars is. It's a it's a facsimile of a more popular, more well known franchise. That being the um, the Teenage Mutant. I'm going to go for Ninja, although I'm that's pretty fair. sure you were one of the places that we we had here. We were because <laughs> ninjas were too scary and dangerous. Um, they yeah, they were a facsimile for them. And I don't really... I remember watching it. It was on GMTV, if you remember um, GMTV. Um, oh, it's about Turtles Motivator. or Biker Mice now? Biker Mice from Mars. It was okay. an, a CITV, GMTV mm. thing. Uh, Channel 3 um, thing. Mr. Motivator would do his motivation and then you'd watch a bit of the old Power Rangers <laughs> and Biker Mice from Mars. Yeah, yeah. The 90s were a rave. It was oh, brilliant. Um, a little bit more about Biker Mice from Mars. They were they were created by Rick Unger. The actual concept and writing was done by a man called Rick Unger. Right. Who also, I mean, there's not loads to say about him, um, as far as I'm concerned anyway. Certainly not that's going to be of interest to the part, podcast. I was listeners. having flashbacks to Green Talk then. I thought we were going to go down sort of... Uh, no, no. Then. no. Okay. One of the things that I am going to mention is that he seems to have had a few different swings at this attempt to best the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles because he had Biker Mice from Mars. Um, he was he was involved in some more um, popular and successful franchises. He he appears as... A, his He has a producer credit on the X-Men, the original X-Men uh, TV show. Do you the, know the one with the, the good the cartoon from the mid nineties? Yeah, so that he was, has that. He has was that. good. That was good, exactly. Yeah. Um, and he's been involved in a few different things with Marvel 
I think because at one point he was the chairman or something okay. uh, for Marvel in general. Wow. Let me just look. He was the president of Marvel Productions from wow. 1991. Um, but then uh, he also created Biker Mice from Mars in 1993. Created, um, ripped off other more popular IPs. It's applicable. Yeah. The, the, mo- the most recent things that he's had production credits on, though are Pac-Man and the Ghostly Adventures, if you remember that. Is that the Netflix cartoon? Yeah, 2013-2015. Is it the Net- is it Netflix? I, I only so. I don't know it, I've never watched it, but it looks atrocious. Um and then before that, 2008, Dork Hunters from Outer Space. Nope, so, no, idea. 2008 no, I mean, ch- children's cartoons are to concern for me or weren't concerned for me back yeah, in 2008. Yeah, it's just No, absolutely not. I mean Yes and no. For me, I was still at university and watching Big Howard's Little Questions of a of a three a.m. But um, of course, short countries from outer space absolutely passed me by. Mm. And I, I just wanted to I just wanted to say it out loud to somebody else to see if it was as absurd a title as it, it sounded. It is Especially... also the, the the fact you got the elision between the first word and the second word, like. If you say them a bit yeah. quickly, that that K kind of blurs into the second word and makes it, it does. Sound... I hadn't even. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Troubling. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Didn't really didn't really pick up on that, but yeah, it is a potentially concerning uh, situation if you speak too quickly, and I might have done then. So we'll see. Um. Yeah. Rick Unger is responsible for this. Um. He is. He has gone on to become a political commentator of all things. So he started off. <laughs> Exactly. This what is why the... I wanted to put, sort of talk about him a little bit. Um, he is he is a currently a political commentator with a two hour political and news commentary sh- radio show called the Rick Unger Show. Like he's a he's a big old deal, and he writes for Forbes magazine and stuff all about. Uh, I say Forbes magazine, Forbes dot com, um, all about politics, um, and is apparently a recognisable face in american politics to be fair so, to yeah. him just be just because he's got history with kids tv cartoons it doesn't mean that he can't be a you know big timey political person really to no, be fair to him not at all and that's not at all what i was saying what i was saying what the reason i put that forward is so that we can all appreciate the massive swing yeah from one side to the from one end of whatever this spectrum is to the other like it re- it genuinely is the extremes of the spectrum right yeah. biker mice from mars in the early 90s center left politics in the uh late 19 uh, 2010s is that where he stands center left supposedly but it's all messed up in america isn't it in north america elephants United and states of america what's the other one what's the other donkeys, donkeys. yeah i remember yeah elephants yeah. donkeys so that's a, a very brief um, and slightly askew look at Biker Mice from Mars as a franchise and, and its origins. Uh, the game, though, itself is a... Well, should maybe before we talk about the game, what is Ooh. like... I mean, is there anything else to say about the actual franchise? I mean, or is it... To be fair, it's just, it, it's on the tin, isn't it? Biker Mice from Mars. They were... They, they were Was they giant mice that were aliens that ended up on Mars? Yeah, with tentacles. Uh, uh, ended up on Earth, they? sorry. Antennas. Yeah, yeah, they did. Yeah, I believe so. Um, they had a, a baddie... I can't remember his name, but he was a Lex Luthor type, um, crossed with a gangster. Yeah, he had slick back hair. Do you remember that? Did have like a purple um, suit. 
Yeah, he did. Yeah, why he was, have he I was very much that? like kingpin style. Yeah. Oh, why? because that's why? the way the human brain works. We're strange. A, a show strange I didn't like. I've remembered the color suit that the bad guy wore. What a exactly. silly thing! Uh, it was Lawrence Limburger. That was his name. Yes, he was. Yeah, because yeah. he, he was. It was the the burger thing. Was he? Is that, was he quite thing. like? He was quite like grotesque and like quite he had like quite big rubbery lips as well like he, he really quite ate, big rubbery lips but ate, i don't know how burgers that relates a lot. to burger oh did he actually eat burgers I they, think they so. just went limburger uh also eats burgers interesting Maybe. i don't yeah. remember that much was there an april um, o'neill version well we're gonna we're gonna i mean i might as well say this now the cast list the number of supporting characters and antagonists and other uh characters is insane like it's it's just goes on and on and on and on there are so many characters in this game um which will become relevant later or was going to become relevant later in the episode because i was going to talk about the fact that there are only six characters that are actually playable here so we'll maybe come back to that a little bit okay the contrast though between the number of characters that are in the series in the television show to to that number six is is quite stark Mm -hmm. i'm gonna uh, yeah return back uh, return to that um the game was developed by konami which given you know its lack of stature i would say like mice from mars as a franchise i was quite surprised at because when we've seen other franchises, in fact, we've seen we've seen larger franchises dealt with by smaller entities than Konami. Konami at this point are not uh, not not like the the top dog in the industry, but they're certainly not small. And when you think about RoboCop, which was presumably a bigger going concern in the late eighties than uh, Biker Mice from Mars was in the nineteen nineties. Um, we I think it was Data East dealt with that, didn't they? And they certainly yes. weren't as big as Konami, as uh, or at least as far as I'm concerned, uh, at least as far as I remember it, as Konami were. So to see Konami, uh, to see Konami are the team behind this was a bit of a surprise. Was it maybe if Konami at this point in the nineties, if they had skin in the game, maybe it was something where the co- the corporation that owned bike mice from mars were maybe kind of getting a big name involved to sort of try and lend it some credence so it'd sell more copies maybe. so that more people would buy into the franchise possibly I and mean, there's a lot mm. of supposition there yeah there's a lot there's a lot of um guessing yeah yeah but p- possibly you know i don't but, know i really but don't you know. don't know for sure okay fine. i don't know it was a tiny team um but that's not abnormal for 1990s i i think again you could we could we could suppose that it's only been given minimum resources by konami but i don't think that necessarily tracks given that we've seen other games that are much larger that handled by by smaller teams than this um it was released in 1994 december 1994 so peak prime christmas yeah uh, under the christmas tree time when was um, the so show? Did have everything of, going for it? I was gonna say when's the show big, but I don't remember the show actually ever being big. When was the show first broadcast, and how long when did it last? When was the show around? That would the be the show... best way to phrase that. <laughs> yeah, well, there isn't a there isn't a best way is there. So it started in late '93 and finished in early '96. So it was around around three years, if you generous. Okay. Um, and this is bang in the middle of those mm. three years. 
or thereabouts. It it feels a little bit like if you think they they announced they started showing it in September '93, and by less than a year later, they've got a game out on yeah. the system. So maybe there was a little bit of a rush job on that. But and what system was it? Again, don't know. Well, that's a good question. <laughs> I always feel like I'm on the back foot with with, with these episodes because I'm like. I'm going to plan this out meticulously. I'm going to have everything in order and um, it's all going to go swimmingly. And then you're like, fucking question from the end of your, well, of your list. Well, you, oh, you, what about we'll go back to the middle? We'll go to the end again. Oh, now we'll go back to the front. So you mentioned system. I thought it was a, a seamless question and it would have been if you hadn't drawn attention to it. It's because you've you've been batting me left, right and centre. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you next time. I think I'm going to share with you my... All right. my page so that you can see the trajectory of things so, so that myself I don't in, enjoy the like ride what i'm really doing here is buying myself time so that i can compose myself because you genuinely have taken me from from the beginning of my my semi script to the end to the end of my semi script to the middle to the beginning again so, so uh, you're now t- you're now talking about meta filibustering while you're yeah, sorting that out i'm just just bringing myself back into the room okay, okay. so okay. i'm here now uh, it was on the SNES. Super Nintendo it. for anybody else. Yeah, of course you could. It was supposed to be on the Mega Drive later on, but never got there. Reason? Good question. I'd love to give you the answer. Oh. But I can't. <laughs> because okay. one of the one of the problems with this game is that it wasn't presume presumably wasn't big enough to even merit, you know, like rubbish trivia by minor fans on the internet 30 years later there is there is precisely zero information on right uh in general and it seems like you know konami's small team however small they might have been were also uh, pretty drama free they didn't really kick up a fuss they just got on with the job and and got it done so the the background stories on biker mice from mars the game for the snares are few and far between the biggest tidbit that i actually have and i'm sorry if this uh if this is disappointing for anyone listening or for you chris but the biggest tidbit that i have is that it was planned for the mega drive and it didn't end up being released on the mega drive we can again we can suppose about that i i presume that the snes sales in december 1994 were not great it maybe is again supposing it, it is testament to the bike rides from Mars being a bit of an also ran in the anthropomorphic, muscly animal uh, genre of cartoons. Yeah, I, yeah, I think that is a reasonable uh, assumption to make. It it could be that. It could also be to do with the fact that 1994 was also the year that Donkey Kong Country released for Christmas. Uh, Stri- Street Fighter Two released well uh it well, there, there is during 94 so so they would have been i mean prime Donkey Kong w- was like it was november 94 so if mm. you're gonna if you're gonna yeah. be choosing between donkey kong and uh bike from ice from mars then i think bike from ice from mars has got the shortest straw there um street fighter 2 released across platforms as well uh final fantasy 6 or final fantasy 3 depending on where you're uh coming from final fantasy 3 in the u.s uh mortal kombat 2 NBA Jam. This is the top 10, by the way. Uh, right. Top 10 selling um, 
of the year. Sonic 3 and Knuckles. Madden NFL 95, not a big deal. But Super Metroid really is. Like, it, yeah. that's a direct competitor in the sense that it's on the SNES. And if you've got a SNES, everyone's going to be talking about Super Metroid. No one's going to be talking about Biker Mice from Mars. Uh, the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers is really going to go Yeah, because that's, that's now pulling we're from the same. Exactly. That's pulling from the same um, well, isn't it? Saturday morning television for kids. If any, yeah. again, if, you, if you're going to be offered the. the possibility of playing a mighty morphin power rangers game or a biker mice from mars game you're probably almost certainly going to go for the mighty morphin power rangers too right and actually most people that i know did mighty morphin power rangers is the first game that i ever completed with my friend so um yeah it kind of looks like it had it had it rough yeah as well as possibly just not having the chops to to make it anyway it's as far as i remember not a bad game so maybe it got done dirty i'm gonna guess is it a side scrolling beat-em-up ha no it's not yeah so it is an isometric combat racing game blimey okay i was not expecting you said racing at the start actually i should have yeah um wow that's that i mean that sounds cool yeah so there are six characters as i've mentioned which I um I don't know if we covered, but is not very many characters given the large roster of characters in the in the TV show. I I don't know if that's a, a great point that I've already made or what, but you, I, you did, I, but I'm it's okay. It now. Were there yeah. the, the main characters? Obviously, turtles. Oh, I, were, there were four of them. Were there three mm-hmm. biker mice? Yeah, there were. Yeah. yeah, to make to differentiate it. So yeah, um, this is an isometric <laughs> combat racing game. And each character has a strength of their own, a special ability, and a weapon. And that's how they are supposedly differentiated from one another. Um, the strengths uh, are things like uh, strongest attacks and the firmest grip on the road with their wheels and and such things. Uh, best acceleration. You know, it's, it sounds like the sort of awards that people give away at primary school um sports days yeah that's that's what their special strengths are their special abilities have got ridiculous names most of them that's all like in comparison to tornado 12 you know yeah you know i know which one i'd want not the power drift just to be clear um and then uh, they've all got their as i say their secret weapons um the best one the best name there is the grease gun i think is that limburger got some uh, that is someone called Grease Pit. Mm. Limburger has got the Plutarchian beam. All right. Yeah, I think I I don't know if Plutarchian is like he's from Pluto or something. Ah, really right. Yeah. Grease Pit's a horrible name. Well, it's really conjures up a really horrible image. Yeah. Well, there's another character in it called Carbuncle, so they were definitely mm. going for that. I I guess that Grease Pit and Carbuncle are like the um, Bebop and Rocksteady. Bebop, exactly that to uh, to Limburger. We'll um, find and, out, and certainly the nineties. That's a perfect example of how the nineties, car- like cartoon uh, Saturday morning cartoon uh, thing, was because you had you had like gross out humor as a quite a big part of it, and I guess it was leaning slightly into that. Yep. Um. Uh, so yeah. So. 
players have to place top three in each race in order to progress to the next race. Okay. And for each race, you as the player will win money. The money can then be spent to upgrade your vehicle in road between rush. races. Yeah, kind of road rusher. Yeah, exactly. Um, I've mentioned the cast of characters, the other characters. So you've got Limburg, you've got Grease Pit, you've got Carbuncle, and then on the good side, you've got the three the three mice, which I nearly called rats. Don't get me started. Uh, but Throttle, Modo, and Vinny are their names. For some reason, I always remember Vinny, but I no idea why. Um, the game got middling reviews. Well, middling to good, if I'm going to be fair. Um, and I'd say that it generally got about five to eight or nine. Not nine. That's too high. Five that's, to eight yeah. out of ten. And what are your um, recollections of it? Well, more recently, um, in 2009, I think, uh, Nintendo Life gave it a seven out of ten. Why are they reviewing it in 2009? Yeah, well, that's what I don't get. But they do they do list it as available on the Nintendo DS. Right, okay. So that's very strange. Um, we'll come back to the Nintendo DS in the second half mm. when we do our, our roundup. But, Interesting. Uh, yeah, I, I, I couldn't get to the bottom of that either, unfortunately. Um, I think that the game is... It's not... I, I So I've said it's, it's not bad. Yeah. Is that what I said? I hope that's what I said. Yeah, something. And, and as we said before, with, with games like this, you know, being not bad is is fine. There's got to be games that that are not bad. Yeah, the problem is I don't remember it being particularly good either. So it's right. very much in that middle it's on ground. Of, the bad side of not bad. I'm not sure. I really don't know, and that's what we're going to find out today. Is it is it the good side of not bad or the bad side of not bad? It might also be that I've totally forgotten just how bad it was. Uh, for for reasons that we've been into a few different times, but I'd have probably gone for if I was going to put a number to it, and I don't really like putting numbers to it. But given that I've just given you Nintendo Life seven out of ten, I'd have probably put it at about a five. But seven out of ten generally is is the games industry's five out of ten. It right? is, yeah, yeah. They're they're yeah. down the line. Yeah, so that is uh, Biker Mice from Mars and bike and a little bit of Biker Mice from Mars. The Compooper game, lovely. Any Are other you stories ready to play it? Any other no. any other stories about your kind of personal recollections with it at all, or is it just a game what you had? It belonged to my friend. I didn't actually own this. I played it at their house. This is the they lived Scot- across the Scottish road. dad friend. Nah, no. That that's very early. No, this is after I moved to right. Grimsby. Um, this was a friend that lived across the road. Not That's as nice, then. to be honest. I preferred Jason, who was the one that had the Scottish dad, who I was terrified of. Ha- Incidentally, the the friend wasn't a very nice person, but his mum and dad, really lovely. So it's like a complete flip reverse. Cool. Yep. Now we'll play. Yeah, let's go full throttle. Yum.
I can't remember the theme tune. Two biker mice from Mars. No, I think I did Funhouse then. Or Finders Keepers, which wasn't those. No, I can't remember the theme tune either. I can remember the logo. I saw, I can't remember, you've just put something into my head. Recently, I saw an old American television show where kids kind of ran through this um, Funhouse-style course. Not very obstacle-y, but few obstacles. And it was plastered with computer games and they had to and they were in a velcro suit and they had to pull off computer games and stick the computer games to their velcro suit and anything that they got to the end of the course they got to keep is it battle royale no oh that's a film this is real doesn't sound real but it was real no you don't know no but that sounds all right i wish i wish that i'll try and find out what it was uh yeah, um, just before we start talking about the game, um, I don't know about you, Ashley, but um, I, uh, I, I really fancy a Snickers. Fancy a Snickers. I really, really yeah. fancy a Snickers. Do, do, yes, do, do, really. Because they're, they're, uh, they're, e- e- even even winners need something to satisfy their hunger, right? Snickers, Shops are closed. Snickers We're are not going to get Snickers at this time of we, night. We can get Snickers from somewhere, surely. Snickers. Snickers. Not going to happen. Snickers. Not going to happen. The more you say it, the worse it sounds. I don't yeah. know why. Right, well... The, the, the yeah that was a weird element that i just didn't come across in the uh in the in, in the interview in the research yeah that the, the it game was littered with snickers is is littered with snickers that even starts at the very first is it even before the konami logo or just after the konami logo yeah it's sponsored by snickers brought to you in association with snickers oh and it's it's everywhere so you've got not all the courses, but some of the courses have got the Snickers logo at the side. And you start off at, when you're choosing your characters from the roster. They're driving around the Snickers logo. Okay, so far, not too bad. Then when you start going to the actual courses, one of the power-ups is a Snickers. And you yeah. use it and it makes your character invincible and really quick. Okay. And then when you finish off a race, whoever wins, there's a screen with the character that's won holding a Snickers saying, even winners need something to satisfy their hunger. And you can then buy much, really. you can buy extra stickers from the shop, um, which we'll talk about in a bit because the shop is pretty you good. Can. But you can buy extra the, stickers the... to then use that invincibility and vulnerability power up to wait, race through uh, the next race. Uh, it's yeah. uh, no, it's not. It's not. That's not what it is. So it's not the Snickers. The Snickers come up in two different ways. So you get this invincibility, like the Mario Kart Star yes. power up. That's from the Snickers that you get during the race but if you buy the snickers from the shop that is the amount of lives you have which uh, is an element okay. I, for, I didn't pick up on or, or remember uh, but you have three hits if you get hit three times in a race then i think that you get disqualified or something it didn't actually happen to me so i can't i can't say for definite that that was what happened but buying a snickers from the shop adds a fourth life and then a fifth life and then right. and a sixth and so on so it gives you more chance of getting through each race i'm because sure as we as you get further into the game that will matter more yeah but yeah you can power up with snickers in two different ways yeah it's 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 a lot it's a lot but as you rightly pointed out snickers are pretty good mm, they really are so yeah you know we sell out now if they want to pay us, they can pay us. <laughs> if they want to send us some stickers. Yeah, I mean, 
Mm, yeah. Yeah, that would be good. Yeah, but we talked I about mean, how the this elephant was... out of the room now, aren't they? So this was the mid nineties, I guess, ninety four when this came out, yeah. and it wasn't that for a strange reason. Like this wasn't the only game doing that. So we, we've talked before about Mick and Mac, the McDonald's sponsored game, and then you mentioned that yeah. was an Xbox three sixty Doritos game as well. Yeah, so it was happening Some at least the... until the le- next decade. Yeah, and I, you'd ex- you'd think that that would have gone away, but it hasn't. Yeah. Um, I think there might have been a more recent one than than the Doritos one as well. They're probably all over the place. They're probably still pumping them out like no tomorrow, just not not registering on our radars. Yeah, a bit like we said in the first half about um, it was Street Sharks was the the cartoon I was yeah, trying to remember, which that. is a worse name than Gym Sharks, which is the name that I gave it in the first half. They look yeah. more like Gym Sharks. They do. Yeah, they they were just as aggressively masculine as I remembered. Yeah, I remember their voices and everything. It was oh, I was very strange. I mean, that's not a good example, but <laughs> sounds like a muppet. Um, what do you call it? Uh, I don't know. I don't know what you call it. Let's move on. Jim right. Sharks. The game. Let's talk about the game because the game because there was a revelation. Uh, the it's game, a bloody good game. It's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, it is. I didn't think it was gonna be. I didn't I, think it was how gonna did be. I describe it. <laughs> no, uh, I described it as um, not bad, but maybe not good. But actually, I'm going for probably quite a solid good. Yeah, here. This is a game that I enjoyed playing through and could have happily continued playing. And there's plenty that we've we've had our fill of within a very short period of time. This isn't one of them. Yeah, the 7 out of 10 for Nintendo Life, I would say is is about right, maybe even 8 out of 10, if we were going to put a number on it. I, I think it's a, it's a jolly good game. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So what is it very that, harsh. What is it that made it so good then? Well, the speed, for one. I think that the fact that you actually feel like you're racing through... Uh, racing fast through these courses um makes for a lot of raucous fun raucous fun you sound like chat gpt do i yeah well there are worse things <laughs> yeah it, it gives it's really nippy it gives you a sense of there actually being a, a tussle for the top and that is echoed in the actual gameplay itself as well because now who sounds like chat gpt all right tussle for the top yeah <laughs> have you actually a... just had it write you out a script? That's quite, that's quite <laughs> Is that proud of that. You've done with the second half. Yeah, I don't blame you. It's pretty good. The the way the game unfolds as you play through the actual racing, like if you get into first place, it's not a secured first place that you can you can end up in back in sixth place quite quickly, and then when you're sixth place, it's actually quite difficult to climb your way back up the ranks back up to first. And actually, that doesn't sound quite frustrating, but it's pretty fun because there is challenge there, a yeah. genuine challenge, which is good. Yeah, it doesn't seem like it's rubber banded. If it is rubber banded, then it's extremely well disguised because it genuinely feels like when, like you say, when you end up in sixth place, there's a good chance that you're going to stay there. Yeah. So, yeah, if there's rubber banding in there, then it it's subtle. There's some. Um, oh, go on, you. Yeah, the speed the. The courses start off quite straightforward, but a thing that you noted was that there are actually 30 of them, which is more than I thought there were going to be. Yeah, there's an insane number of courses. 30 seems very, yeah. very generous for uh, for a game like this as well. I mean, they are, to be fair, 
they're all variations on a square. Yes, well, this is what I was going to say. So you did round one. The, the game's structure is such that you do each race, and for each race you get money, but you also get points, and the points put you into um, positioning. So, like, if you get first place, you get 300 points. Then over the course of either four or five races, you five. tot up the points. Is it five? I thought it was, but I did. I thought I'd hedge. Um, you tot up your points, and whoever comes first, second, and third goes through to the next round of races the next round of five races um i noted to you and and you mirrored back that the courses were square for the most part there was a little bit of variation a small amount and actually in the racing a lot of them didn't feel wholly square but for the most part they were it was all 93 corners as well. So you might yeah. have a, a rectangle, let's say, but um, if you're driving along, if you think about a classic rectangle, the longer side, it might kind oh, of yeah. go, go in and then across a bit and then back out again. So you're still going around the rectangle, but with some variation within that. When I say that they didn't necessarily all feel square, what I'm thinking of is if you think about the desert stage where you you went up the ramp onto the higher area and you could fall off the edge and then there was also like small chicanes along mm-hmm. the straight yeah, yeah. so uh, even though they were for, for all intents and purposes squares they still had a little bit of deviation along those straight edges um where you might find obstacles or chicanes or, or something like that um what you do find in round two in the second set of five races is that they start to diverge from that um, oh, okay. a little bit so there was quite a quite a um tight pair of hairpin turns at the beginning of the last race that i did in round two which was the um which was the desert uh stage so i expect actually given that it starts to diverge from that pattern in rate in round two by round what would it be five and six you're probably going to be tackling some some actually very different perhaps potentially quite complex race layouts it's made with a point out as well there that while there are 30 they're broken down into this five themes and then the six for each of those themes so um yeah the 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 look of them are quite similar. But the look, actually, is very cartoon. The sewers in particular, I really liked the use of um, like sort of like brightly coloured different shades of green bricks on the, the wall. It made it look like the actual cartoon series or a cartoon series. Yeah, the look of the the look of each of the racetracks that share the same theme, they are definitely similar because they're built off the same yeah. assets. But I think from theme to theme, there was actually quite a lot of var- uh, variation, quite a lot of um, uniqueness to each of those themes. Yeah. And so I liked that, certainly across the first round when there wasn't actually any, um, when there was no repetition of, of theme. You got quite a sense of um, uniqueness to each of them, mm. so I, I appreciated that. I just picked up on that jag there about the, the the points and how that works. So the um, we found out quite quickly that Ashley's pretty good at this game, and I am not. Yeah, very good at this game, but. The game is structured in such a way that it doesn't dishearten you. And actually, I compare it to an RPG because you've got leveling up and grinding within this. So when you... The, the, the shop element, which you can go to between each of the races, has got items to buy, like a bigger, faster engine, bigger wheels, etc. 
and they're priced at quite a high price point. So the idea is that you're trying to come first, second or third to get the big bucks in order to be able to afford them. But if you were to come fourth, fifth, sixth on on subsequent races, you would still get some money. So you are saving up towards that. But what the game does is is after the first um, set of five tracks, when you've got the the whole points thing, I I didn't get into the top three, so I got booted out. So I had to retry those first set of tracks again. But it carried forward the amount of money I'd got. So now you've got the RPG element. So I'm saving towards that. I've still got my progress from before, so I can go into it. And now I was able to start the first race the second time round. I had enough money after completing the last race the last time around, if that makes sense, I think it does. I had enough money to be able to buy the bigger engines. Now I could now start the tournament again, but I've got a more powerful engine. So now I've got yeah. more chance, maybe not skills, but I've got more chance of being able to get enough money to get better. And that loop is very like an RPG, but I like that. I quite enjoy grinding and leveling up through RPGs. So that was quite nice. Also on the screen as well, you had the, there was a bit of, it showed you that it had engine. Once I bought the bigger engine, it got filled in slightly. There was a little red square that got filled mm. in underneath it, so I could fiz- I could um, see the progress I was making. Yeah, I didn't have the. I I I like what the way you've described that. I think that that's a r- really cool insight, and I think it says something that I didn't have that experience because I was racing it and coming coming first because you're better. Things. Well, no, that's not what I was saying. I know, but we basically because we had different aptitudes at the game. I was experiencing the game in one way and you were experiencing it in the other and it catered to both. And I think mm, that that's yeah. quite telling. And um, it, it's I, that's that's quite an adept design challenge, isn't it? To, to try and tailor your game so that it deals with a range of skill levels without without being aggressively anti lower end players, well, lower was- skilled players. It also had the options. We've mentioned this in a few games before, but um, the, the actual gameplay, you've got um, different buttons for sort of um, using different abilities. You've got the power-ups you get, yeah. and you've, you've got a special ability you get when you pass over the start line. You've also got, you press down to, to do a wheelie, which can get you through wards quickly. So there's quite a lot of stuff going on as well as your traditional accelerate and brake. Mm. And in the options menu, there was an option for auto-accelerate. So I think that's good because you've then got concessions made presumably for younger players, but also maybe people who maybe for whatever reason aren't able to press accelerate as well as use those as well. And for a game for 1994 to have that, I think it's brilliant. Yep, I agree. I agree. Um, Music was actually kind of boppy. Yeah, I don't remember I it at all. That's not like a young people's way. Yeah, no, it wasn't the kind of thing that sticks with you. It's not Indiana Jones or... <laughs> Close Encounters of the Third Kind, or anything like that. There, there is nothing, there is nothing unique necessarily about it, or stand out. But actually, in in play, and I think that's what matters. In play, it adds to the dynamism of yeah. the yeah, I agree with that. experience, and it's it's sort of this rocky uh, soundtrack. Not rocky, the boxer rock rock and roll <laughs> sort of. <laughs> Uh, virgin. I was going to say verging on met- metal, but maybe not. Definitely, possibly hair metal. It's that kind um, of it's, it's biker type metal. Yeah, isn't it, I it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's probably a better way, and that also makes sense with the theme of the game, doesn't yep. it? Um, but yeah, it definitely lent itself to making me feel like I was gunning for first place at all times, rather than 
not later. We talked about Tomb Raider, and Tomb Raider comes three years after this game. This game, I mean, I can't believe I'm about to make this comparison, but it's absolutely relevant. This game has a stronger sense of cohesion between its soundtrack and its theming <laughs> than Tomb Raider. And Tomb Raider's the one that's getting all the praise and that everybody remembers. But that this is a perfect example of what I was getting at in the Tomb Raider episode. Tomb Raider just... that Maybe the music's good in and of itself, but it had no relevance to being in a cave uh, f- messing around with Aztec ruins. It, it felt out of place. Everything here feels completely of its place. Yeah. It's, com- it's coherent On brand. and cohesive. Yeah. It was actually, yeah. I just checked my notes, it was actually two years between this game coming out and Tomb Raider, so... Oh, well, there, there you go. go. Even even more so. That t- Yeah. I... It, it's... It's a... Com- yeah, I'm, I'm kind of... I'm woman and Aaron about backing away from having made the comparison, but I don't think I need to because genuinely this has a better a better grasp of theming than Tomb Raider. <laughs> oh well, so. Tomb Raider actually leads nicely into the, the last thing I was going to talk about was the controls. It uses um, tank controls uh, a bit yeah. like Tomb Raider did, uh, which which was very reminiscent gameplay wise with the sort of game is of micro machines. Now that Absolutely. made me want the game a lot more as well because I'm a mm. big aficionado of micro machines. But I think it suits it again here because the the isometric style, the the racing, the intensity of it, it, it suits it perfectly. Mm. Yeah. It's it feels different to micro machines and it feels slightly more clunky than micro machines. Micro machines I think has a smoother certainly in the corners it feels yes. a lot smoother and more fluid. But I I also think that actually that uh, that is in it in its favor because it feels distinct from micro machines as well uh, uh, at the same time as pulling from that same well control wise but it also adds to the weight of the bikes like micro machines mm. are these tiny little toys uh riding around on the top of tabletops and your living room and, and all that so they haven't got much weight to them but these bikes they're big old hogs they call them don't they i think they're, so they're big yeah, they're, they're big machines with weight behind them. And when you're trying to shift them around a corner, I kind of feel like, at least for the game's sake, it should feel like you're trying to shift a big old honk of metal around a corner. Which you did. That was um, lots of times I was going around drifting quite a lot. Yeah. So fits. Yeah. But yeah. again, with that, I think the game design designers had done some concession towards that because there was a couple of things linked to that that's just kind of crossed my mind now where you took to say about that. Each time you race is five laps, and we both said, "Blimey, that's quite a lot." But thinking about it, your first lap is kind of just getting a feel for the course and where the corners yep. are, and then your subsequent four laps are then actually doing the course. But the gameplay that the designers, sorry, had also put in. We said about the corners were on ninety degrees, so it's very um, like ninety degree base, I suppose. Like always, always tight corners. But mm. as you're approaching them, these little white-gloved Mickey Mouse-style hands would pop up and say whether you need to turn left or right. So there's a little bit of mm. warning. So you can, as that pops up, you then know which way you're going to have to start turning. And I think that's good as well because it's then not a surprise because yeah. as you're racing through, if you're going full metal, pearls of the metal, whatever the phrase is, as, then you might overshoot <laughs> it like and drift metal. in. I like full metal. I think that you. should be the phrase. And But at that little hands, just that little slight tweak to the gameplay was really appreciated. Yeah, I mean, uh, again, that's a... A distinction for you and me and the styles of play that we were taking on because yes. honestly I, I i i completely agree with you i think that's a great little heads up it wasn't even registering 
on my in my view right. like i was uh, and the way that you've laid it out like the first lap is a training lap like i figure my figure the course out and then subsequent laps were at the actual race that's exactly how i was approaching it mm. really it's not that i was going around it slowly first time no but i was certainly bumping into walls and not quite getting the corners the way that i'd i'd have preferred to and then subsequent laps i was getting the the lines if you can call them that much mm-hmm. better um so yeah i i think having thought that five laps was going to be a slog five laps was the right number of laps i can't believe we keep coming back to this like the design the the decisions that have been made in making this game the design choices that have been made constantly just seem to be the right ones and it's the wrong game to be having like if we're going to be if we're going to be like proper about it nobody in their right minds would have thought that we'd have this gushing conversation about biker mice from mars and yet there's been a lot of effort a lot of actual i think polish and even before the polish comes a lot of thought gone into the design choices for for biker mice from mars and it's really really appreciated yeah i can't can't believe how good it is yeah yeah if you think back to when we first started recording this episode and you were telling what it was and i was sat staring yeah. staring sadly at my bag of port scratchings thinking well at least i'll get me through oh here we are yeah well the the sad thing is as well how many people maybe won't make it to uh, of the people that do listen to this episode how many of them are actually going to stick around till this half and hear that actually the game is yeah a good game? What a Maybe twist. that's a a floor of the uh, a floor of our podcast <laughs> format, but you know, it is what it is. If it's you take, if take you haven't got the whatever to stay till <laughs> the fiftieth minute, then you don't deserve to know that Biker Mice from Mars is the best thing ever. So we talked a lot about the game then. I think that's kind of that wrapped up. What uh, what happened after the fact then? What was next for Biker Mice from Mars? Yeah, well. You'll be surprised or not. I think you'll be surprised. You'll be surprised to know that the gay the the show got a revival in two thousand seven. That does surprise me. Yeah. And it was also I think it was also produced by Rick Unger again. Oh, so is. he was back into back in the mix. So it got a it got a it got this series in two thousand seven. I think it was short lived, but it was long lived enough to get a game on the DS. So ah, not only is right. yeah, so this is not the only Biker Mice from Mars game. They are up until then like those. They are Nintendo exclusive games because you had SNES and then you had the DS. It didn't go to any other platform. The remake, it's not a remake. Sorry, the game that came out to the Nintendo DS is not this just remade or or anything. It's a beat 'em up, so it's far right. more what you were expecting from yeah. this and. I am now, and actually was before, I was glad that it wasn't a beat-em-up because it it, it was the obvious route and they didn't take the obvious route. And certainly in in 1994, character races weren't ten a penny the way they are now. So for Biker Mice from Mars, the team behind Biker Mice from Mars, to go that route was actually probably quite a brave Mm. um, brave step to take. And um, I, I assume Mario Kart. I assumed was it was a beta just because of the, again the Turtles link because that was uh, around the same sort of time. But actually, I think you're right that if it's the IP a lot more to actually go for the 
biker aspect of it rather than the beat-em-up theme. I don't, I don't, as I said, I don't remember the cartoon that much. I didn't really like it. I don't remember how much, yeah. what the ratio was of on-bike to off-bike action. Oh, they were always on the bikes. Always on the bikes. They Bezzing definitely around. were. Yeah, it was their thing. Uh, it was 1992 was Mario Kart, Super Mario Kart. Right. So a couple of years before this. Um, but I don't remember there being a, a truckload of imitators um when it comes to super mario kart you had f-zero which was also a super nintendo game um but certainly not third parties going hey shall we uh just copy super mario kart yeah it was post mario kart 64 with all the character races your diddy kongs and crash yeah. team racing yeah. and spongebob racing and south park racing and simpsons yeah. racing all of them and the rest yeah yeah so to see it here and to see it done so well it is yeah, it was a good choice. A very good choice. So we're in 2023 now. Where is oh, the yeah. Biker Mice from Mars? Sorry, I, I keep I keep getting lost in the That's gushing right. for Biker Mice from Mars. Um, they, they made more games. Chris. Oh, okay. They made more games. They, they've put out another couple of games. So there are four. As far as I understand, there are four games in the Biker Mice from Mars game world. In 2015, they released another game that came out to iOS and then Android devices. And it was like a, an episodic story-driven uh, affair, um, which again involved Rick Unger. So Rick clearly had the Unger for Biker Mice from Mars. Nice. That's, that, what is that? 20, 20 years. 20 years of mulling over Biker Mice from Mars and putting out games and, and so on. And this one was an episodic, like story. What, like a yeah, like a point and click or an adventure game? Type. I don't know. I I'm not no? going to okay. look into it. It'll only be disappointing after the <laughs> revelation of of the SNES game. But I like so, it. It's just yeah, that, you no. know, it, it's another genre again for this this yeah. IP. It's 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 impressive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it was sort of it's not really alive as a franchise, but they've done a lot more with it than you'd think that they yes. would have. And it it's more alive than it should be. Like a game seven or eight years ago off a franchise that hasn't had anything on television since two thousand and seven and even that was not particularly uh successful. The two thousand and fifteen stuff probably shouldn't have happened, should it really? But it did. But it did. And that was that. Yep. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Right, so there we go. Bike Mice from Mars. What a, Bike what a, Mice from Mars. What a lovely game. What a lovely surprise. So thank you for bringing that. You're welcome. Right, um, thank you for listening. Hopefully you've enjoyed that just as much as we did. Um, just before I do the wrapping up then, I'm assuming this game's not available anywhere at all. No. No. Sad times. Nope. Okay. Well, hopefully you enjoyed playing, uh, talking about it. And uh, sorry you can't play it. Them's the breaks. Remember to come and join us on social media, please. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And like, share, subscribe, rate, and review. Next week, it'll be my turn to bring a game for Ashley to play. I'll see you there. Yeah. Uh, thank you again for sticking till the end of this episode, especially this episode. You got the best stuff if you're still here. We will see you again next week. Goodbye. Oh, Captain, my captain. What? What?